everybody. This is Heidi St. John. I am so glad that you guys have joined me today. Today is Mailbox Monday. And as you know, I love to answer your questions. I want to thank you for sending them in to me today. My friend, Dr. Mark Sherwood is back on the show and we are going to tackle your questions. Well, really, it's going to be him. But I'm going to give him a little bit of help. We're going to be here giving you guys a little bit of hope and encouragement. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, well, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I hope you guys are doing all right with your shopping. I got to say, uh, I, I hit a personal best. I mean, can I just brag for a second? I hit a personal best this week. My Christmas cards came in the mail. I ordered them because, hello, I ordered my Christmas cards. And when they came, I asked my daughter Summer to help me and I addressed them and sent them out. They came in the mail via UPS I addressed them and sent them out inside of 90 minutes. And I would just, I could hear the angels singing. I'm telling you, uh, it was almost like the best Christmas ever just to get that off my, I love to get cards, you guys. So if you haven't sent me a Christmas card, please do it. And you can send that to me at Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34 Circle, Vancouver, Washington. Yes, I'm still here, 98682. You guys, I love to hear from you. And I hope you guys are having a great Christmas season. All right. Mark Sherwood is back on the show. We have already looked over your questions. We've got some great ones today. Mark, my friend, welcome back. Thank you. Happy Monday and Merry Christmas week. I'm, I'm glad to hear of your victory on those cards. That's very impressive. You know what? It, it was no it was no small feat. My husband was at work and I came down to the uh, to firmly planted and I he say, he saw me at the front door and I was like, "All of the Christmas cards are in the mail." And he knows like how big of a deal that was. He was like, "Do you need yeah. someone to take you to dinner?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." Why? Yes. <laughs> I do. I've only made like 75 loaves of sourdough bread. <laughs> just whoa, we're I love just it. Checking it off, checking it off the list. How about you? Are you guys having a good Christmas season? <laughs> We are, you know, this time of year, um, you know, in our world, we keep it very much in perspective. Um, this time of year for us, I'm actually thinking to myself, I want to kick my wellness into high gear. I want to kick my spiritual life into high gear. It reminds me of the reason that we are alive today, the reason we had to be grateful. So for me, mm. it's, a, it's an extra motivation right now. Yeah, it's it's good. And it helps us kind of remember we're trying to get ready to go into a new year and God's not done. If we're still here and we're still breathing, God's not finished, right? Come on, man. If you got breath, you got hope and mm. people should take this lesson. Hope dealer, become a hope dealer, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're leading the way on that. I'm going to start with a question from a listener in Oklahoma. Uh Oh, yes. Question for you. What are your thoughts concerning coffee consumption? So Dana says that she likes to enjoy a standard size mug in the morning. Listen, listen, Dana, standard size. Really, do words mean anything anymore? We can't define what a woman is. Cambridge says it doesn't know anymore. We don't even know what standard means. So for all we know, Mark, standard for her could be like three liters. We don't know. But she says she's enjoying a standard size mug in the morning and one in the afternoon. And she only drinks organic roast and she does not consume any other caffeine. And she drinks water all day. But she's noticed if she misses a cup of coffee. The headache that follows is awful. What do you think? Well, certainly there is some level of addiction to that caffeine. And that's what you have right there. You have an addiction to caffeine. But it's an caffeine. organic addiction. Yeah. And, and I'll say this. Coffee's not bad. Coffee has multiple health benefits. The only negatives to coffee are as follows. And you've checked off one of them. If you get an inorganic blend, you're talking about mold and mycotoxins. That's very common. Um, so organic is always a necessity if 
if you can. And then secondly, if you have like high blood pressure, that may be an issue, of course, because you don't want to drive blood pressure because it is a stimulant. And then the last part of it is, is does it keep you awake at night, therefore disrupting sleep patterns? And I think the overriding theme is, does it become your drink of choice? And you're having two, well, let's just put it into perspective. <laughs> if you're not having two pots a day, my friend, <laughs> you're probably going to be okay. Probably gonna, You're probably going to be okay. Yes. And you know what? She's bouncing it out. She said she's drinking water. Most of the people that we talk to on the show, that's their struggle. They're having a hard time yeah. drinking water. Yeah, I, I carry, I have water. The key point to water is make it visible and available, visible mm. and available. If you'll do that every day, and, and this is a tip for the listeners out there in your workstation, your workplace, wherever you frequent, always have, there you go. You always got to have water there. <laughs> You're making me thirsty. It's important. So let's have a sip together there. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much. That was excellent. Como en Espanol, salud. Yeah. <laughs> salud. <laughs> so it's good though, but coffee is not bad at all. It's just a matter of selecting the right ones and balancing it out with plenty of water. This question came in from Grace via YouTube, and it kind of goes along with the coffee question. She's asking you, is liquid stevia better than sugar? Yes. Uh, liquid stevia is from a plant. Uh, sugar would be, you know, technically from a plant. Sugar's the cane from a sugar. plant, the sugar cane. Yeah, but we've got to be very careful about the amount of sugar and the type of sugar. Much of our sugar today is processed. It's yes. not the natural old sugar cane where you can suck on a, a piece of cane. It's not like that. I would prefer stevia. Caution flag, stevia requires a little tiny bit because of the very strong um, aftertaste potential. Some people don't like that. You can also look at monk fruit as well. I like a monk fruit sweetener. I when uh, Years mm -hmm. ago, I haven't done this for a while, but I did the keto diet for a while and they introduced me to monk fruit sweetener. Yeah. I found it didn't have the same aftertaste as stevia. Right. And so uh, I enjoyed that. That was just my own little personal. But yeah, I mean, you t you were talking about last week and actually a listener wrote in and said that she was so worried that her sugar consumption was just off the chart. And I asked her, I go, how much sugar are you eating? And it didn't sound like uh, she was eating a, a, ter a terrible amount of sugar to me. And so really what you're saying is, hey, just be keep things in moderation. Be aware of what you're eating. Yeah, like sugar is one of the things that, um, again, it's not unnatural. So let's just kind of understand normal cane sugar right. is not an unnatural thing. It's a natural food. It's not supposed to be bad. But it, it's the volume of uh, other sugary and sugar conversion foods that create the problem. So you know, if you're going to consume sugar, probably less than 10 grams a, a day would be your top end. And, and then, of course, that would be balanced out. Do you have insulin resistance or other mm. vascular cardiometabolic issues? Yeah. Yeah. So important. Anonymous. You got an anonymous one. Uh oh, New Jersey. Uh, she says that her mom has rheumatoid arthritis and was told that she had to go on. What do you, was it methotrexate? Is methotrexate, that a, is that right. Methotrexate. She's very concerned with potential side effects. Are there natural options to slow the progression of rheumatoid arthritis? Yes. Um, oh, rheumatoid arthritis. When you think about the itis um, suffix on anything, you know, that's meaning uh, inflammation. So in this case, we're talking about inflammation of the joints. And we know the long term ramification of that is you get the uh, the disformity of the joints, et cetera. Um, but here's what mama can do. Uh, she can go on an anti-inflammatory food protocol. Very key. So think about eating above ground non-root vegetables and then good quality proteins and fats. Avoid processed foods, processed sugars, and pretty much anything white. Secondly, 
your mom can use some omega-3 fatty acids. So you want about three to four grams. Again, high dose EPA and DHA. Those are two types of omega-3s within that. And she can also add something called pro-resolving mediators. Okay, pro-resolving mediators, which you can get those you know, through us if you want to, but that all also creates a little resolve to the inflammatory cascade. Mm-hmm. Um, doing those three things can give us some relief. Having said that, the methotrexate is tempered with the idea of how far advanced the particular um, disease process autoimmune condition is. All right. That's good. Carlene Montana, she has a question for you. What are some good tips for hair loss or thinning, uh, hair thinning in women? Uh, I experienced loss of hair a few months after COVID. Boy, I've heard this a lot. Yeah. Uh, I also had a hysterectomy two years ago, kept my ovaries, but I'm only 36. I've been taking a low dose of DHEA for about eight months, but I've read that this can cause hair loss. Uh, A woman's hair makes her feel like a woman. Boy, she's right about that. Mm -hmm. And it causes some negative self-talk and stress, which exacerbates the problem. What supplements or advice do you have? Well, DHEA is a double-edged sword because it can create hair growth in places you don't want growth, like your chin. And hair loss in places you don't want loss, like your head. And so if you think that is a problem, potentially, I'd back that off. The second issue is when you have a partial hysterectomy, you still don't get the normal production of your hormones. Therefore, they might be less. So you might check your estrogen level. You might check your testosterone level, because if that estradiol goes down, you're going to have hair loss. The third thing to keep in mind is thyroid. Don't forget that when a dysfunctional thyroid on the upper end, hyper, or the lower end, hypo, can also be a contributor towards hair loss. And then finally, you might look at a micronutrient test to determine, are you low in things like vitamin A and even the unique B vitamin called biotin. Oh, all right. Well, you know, I'm I'm watching uh, this this question, these questions kind of coming through. We had a few questions before about women who have had hysterectomies but keep their ovaries. Yeah. I had a hysterectomy years ago. It's probably been all seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And they told me, oh, hey, if you keep your ovaries, everything's the same. No, right. it's not the same. No. It's not, your ovaries like, wait a second, something's missing. What's going on right now? You know, uh, who took out the mothership, right? And so you end up with all kinds of issues, but they don't tell you that that's going to be the case. And I'm actually glad to see her asking such an honest question. Yeah, that's a very good question. And keep in mind too, that um, anytime you remove something from the body, you remove something from a system. And anytime you remove something from a system, something's missing from the system. So the body will try to compensate but it doesn't always do that. And there's a lot of factors involved. Heidi, you know, your case, somebody else's case might be different. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is you got to find someone that's going to help you navigate those waters to find out where there mm-hmm. is potential dysfunction. If not, it can be it can be hair loss. It can be other symptoms as well, including weight gain. Mm. Yeah. And ain't nobody got time for that. No, <laughs> that's good. Sarah in Ohio says, uh, we do our best to eat a low sugar diet. We also see a naturopath. My kiddos still seem to be catching everything that we even might be exposed to. It seems that we get one week healthy and several weeks of sickness. We're really struggling. Is there anything I can do to help? Yeah, with the kids, depending on how old they are, and this is very important, if they're 10, 12 and older, you got to make sure they have adequacy of vitamin D. 
Mm. Uh, many kids don't do that. You got to make sure the kids have adequacy of omega three fatty acids. Now, even for a ten or twelve year old, I'm still recommending, from what I've seen, five thousand IU's a day, and then from the omega threes, two to three mil, uh, grams per day, like we talked about in the previous question about rheumatoid arthritis. And finally, you want to get them on a good multivitamin and mineral. Um, you know, you're you're not too young for that kind of stuff. And many times. The little one's um, immune systems um, still are adapting, but immune systems are ran on these micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids. If they're less than that, you know, depending on where they are in that cascade of age, you still got to look at D, omegas, and a multi, but you might have to go, I prefer this, into a liquid form so they're not having to swallow caps because they could choke. Yeah, that's good. And you have those. Uh, do you guys have those at your website? We do. And, um, you know, people, if the young kids are 10 or 12 or over, we have those immune support packs. Super easy. Give them one pack a day. The dose is perfect for them. And then add a little bit of omega-3. So get our omega-1000 with that and then give them two of those. So two of those and one immune pack. And you'll have those pathways covered coupled with your low sugar, you know, healthy diet. And and they're going to have a wonderful adaptive immune system that's going to build strength. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you guys are interested in finding those supplements, you can go to sherwood.tv forward slash Heidi. That's the code that gives you the discount. So you're going to make yes. sure to do it that way. An anonymous listener. This is my favorite question uh-huh. of today. And so, and let me look and see what time we're at because I want to see, oh, good, this might be, we've got time. Okay, good. so Dr. Sherwood, do you think that colonoscopies are necessary? I had my first at age 50 and was given a 10-year pass. Now I'm at the 10-year mark and I don't want to go through it again. Uh, what about home tests? Uh, the only colon cancer in my family was my grandfather when he was 89 years old. Thank <laughs> you for addressing this. Wow. So I'll answer the last part of that question first. Because uh, we've had this a lot, and then I'll give you a story, and then I'll give you my opinion. Last question first is that there is another test. It's called Cologuard, C-O-L-O-G-U-A-R-D. Typically, you can get that ran through insurance pretty easy. It's a stool test that looks for um, you know the residual amounts of cancer that's coming out. So that's a good test. Now, the mainstream proponents of a colonoscopy are going to poo-poo that test. Pun intended right there. I hope you caught that right. <laughs> oh! But the bottom line is, I know, right? You catch me this time on a Monday, I'm ready to roll, man. Um, But the bottom line is, that's a good test. Um, Horror story. I had a friend, I'm using the past tense, had because he's now deceased. He was um, about 40 years old and was told that it's a good time to get one. Well, you go in and do this, folks, and you sign a waiver, meaning you're saying, if you screw this up, I can't sue you. Sounds like the uh, another industry that we are constantly Thank criticizing. You. Yes. And so he goes in and gets a colonoscopy. They rupture a bowel. Oh, no. Long story short, he ends up up at uh, 
the hospital in Rochester, Minnesota, and loses his family, gets a divorce, and then he dies. Um, horrible situation, was a terrific friend of mine, and we had many talks about that, and I echo his words, don't do it because you don't need it. If you have a symptom that's there, perhaps like you have uh, bleeding in the stool, okay, look at that. Mm-hmm. But don't just do it because because it's not anything that creates preventive action in mine and my wife's opinion. People can differ from that, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But don't do it because it's time. Do it because there's an actual need it's of a, a symptom. Yeah, exactly. It's not a preventative kind of thing. Because what would create colon cancer is colon dysfunction. How do you prevent colon dysfunction? Don't eat garbage. Yeah, pretty simple. That's pretty not simple. what we're talking to people about, though. We're talking no. about tests and vaccines and all kinds of, you know, we said this, you and I, a couple of years ago, health doesn't come from a mask and a needle, and it also doesn't come from a colonoscopy. So that begs the question, I guess, because we're going to get it. I might as well just preemptively ask it. Yeah. What's your opinion then about a routine mammograms for women? Yeah, same kind of deal. Now, here's the deal with the mammograms. Some women have very thick breast tissue. Okay, if the mammograms an image and and the breasts are pressed into that machine, breast is being sweet. Well, I'm trying to be kind. I, <laughs> I've heard the word crushed, painful, yeah. etc. Right? Yeah, run smashed, over by a tractor, smashed. smashed. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, when the breasts are pushed there, that image is is taken of that breast. If the tissue is thick, it might not see a tumor there anyway. So we should really understand that. The reason that you might have it is you could see a tumor. You could. Now, let's put that in the, you could see a tumor box. Is that preventive to breast cancer? Well, the answer would be no, based upon what you're actually asking. You're asking, is there a something that is tumor? If it's a tumor and it's cancer, that didn't prevent anything. It just saw it, right? Now, you should always do the self-exam. Clearly, mm-hmm. that's your first line. Consider even a thermography. Looking for heat sources, that's very good. It's not going to expose you to radiation and or the smashing concept. Mm -hmm. And remember as well that the reason we have this susceptibility to breast cancer is not because we are born that way. It's because we don't clear, for the most part, estrogenic compounds, which are given out in the form of birth control-like candy, and they're in our food supply. In masks, they're in our pollution, they're in our lotions, they're in our sunscreens, water. And so we're getting exposed to stuff all the time. And we're not anti-mammograms as a just a tone. But if you have a, a knot there or something you feel that's, high, okay, cool. But try to be more preventive on it. And then we like the idea of self-exam and thermography first. Mm, I think that's so important. I love uh, thermography. I have a friend who actually does that for a living, mm-hmm. and she said it is really changing the industry Yes, for exactly the reason that you just said. It's not exposing women to unnecessary amounts of radiation, which is right. what you're exposing yourself to every time you go in for an annual uh, mammogram. So uh, that's excellent, excellent counsel. All right. I've, I've got time for another one. I thought this was interesting. Stacy in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Stacy, for writing in. She says, I've so enjoyed listening to Dr. Mark answer many pertinent health questions. I have my master's in public health. 
and a keen interest in functional medicine. Mm. My question is, what type or form of magnesium is best for the body? There are so many various forms. And she's saying, does it matter what we take for absorption or function within the various systems of the body? There's another uh, another person who's asking virtually the same question. Mm-hmm. Joy in Washington asking virtually the same question. She says, I'm 79, soon to be 80, including other supplement, uh, supplements. No pharmaceuticals. I take magnesium glycinate and potassium, or is it glycinate, every yeah. day. I'm now developing hand tremors, um, and she's wondering what kind of magnesium should she be taking? Well, I appreciate both of those questions. Magnesium is uh, commonly found to be deficient in most people today. Um, when you look for a test to look for whether it's adequate or not, you don't necessarily want to look in the whole blood. You want to look in the intracellular spaces. So look for a micronutrients test. We do that a lot because magnesium in whole blood doesn't tell you if it got down to the cell. As Stacy said from Colorado, there are various types. Uh, the common types that you see out there, the cheapest type is a magnesium oxide. You're going to see that out there as a filler. Not recommended. Um, there's also magnesium citrate, which is typically used to relax the bowels. So if you have a constipation issue, you may dose up with citrate until you get the effect you want. Make sure that you evacuate the bowels every day so you don't just wait until you're backed up to go fix it. So use magnesium as a proactive and preventive to this constipation issue because that's just waste built up. I like magnesium malate for more of an energy sources. Malate, malic acid, the way it's bound, is found in the Krebs cycle or ATP production within our mitochondria. So we got to understand that magnesium is part of the energy production pathway. Um, I like three and eight to cross the blood-brain barrier in order to relax the brain. So if someone needs some relaxation at night, I like three and eight a lot. You know, I take a little bit of three and eight before bed. And finally, the one that's probably the all-purpose one that I like best is glycinate. It's really good. So everybody should be using glycinate. Dose the glycinate up to bowel tolerance. It's going to be somewhere between probably 300 milligrams and probably eight or 900 milligrams. Very important, especially for the person with the tremors, because magnesium is a relaxer as well. So you want to come up with that to see if you can get some of those tremors to tone down. And even for the tremors, you may try a little bit of full spectrum hemp, which has some anti-inflammatory and relaxant properties within that as well. That is amazing. Uh, I'm writing. I'm, I, sh- I should show you my notepad sometime. You're going <laughs> to laugh because I'm thinking, oh, this. I should talk to my mom about this. And I'm taking notes, taking notes. I've got one other question that was sent in. This comes from someone, again, someone who's uh, suffering from, she thinks is arthritis. Mm-hmm. And she's saying she's having trouble in her hands. She's yeah. noticed, what do I do now? So uh, think of the joints in her thumbs and just mm-hmm. movement. She said movement's becoming very difficult. Is there anything that she can do to sort of uh, increase the, her tolerance to this or something she can do with inflammation. How can we help the pain for this woman? Yeah. A couple of things you want to do is obviously start with food, you know, get the anti-inflammatory foods in there and the inflammatory foods out. But most people that have any sort of itis, again, the suffix meaning inflammation, you got to think about, are we born with inflammation? No. 
And what is inflammation? It's actually the initiation of a healing process. Mm. But when it continues and it's perpetuated, becoming chronic and systemic, it's a healing process going awry that's not able to deal with and resolve the issues. Same as before. Make sure your vitamin D, as in David, is up there. You probably have working at 60 to 80 in the in your blood measurement, 25-hydroxy-D. You want to make sure your omega-3s are up there at 3 to 4 grams. And consider those pro-resolving mediators, which are amazing. So those three things plus the diet should give you some relief. What's the last one that you said? It's called pro-resolving mediators. Yeah. What what is this? Um, you can look at um, you're, you're talking Chinese. To I me know, now. right? So so here's the deal: <laughs> if people can understand, when the body goes into inflammatory process, it sends inflammatory signals that direction to say, "Hey guys, we have a problem. Let's get the troops on board and let's fix it." When the correction process is near done, it sends signals back that are known as resolvents. It kind of sounds like resolve, doesn't it? So if we can bring those in, the resolve happens faster. And so we can get the inflammation to tone down a little bit quicker. These are amazing. So when you go to our site, you're going to type in resolvin, R-E-S-O-L-V-I-N, or I-N-S, resolvin or resolvins. And that'll pop up. And those are what people need. The doses too. All right. That's good to know. I wrote that down. Also, again, people can find these supplements at sherwood.tv forward slash Heidi. That's Mm -hmm. how you get the discount. And I'm just I'm thrilled because I actually see as these questions are coming in and I know you're noticing this, too. uh, People are writing in and they're good questions and uh, we're going to keep doing it. So, Dr. Mark. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Me too. Merry Christmas to you and Merry Jay and the rest Christmas. of your family and, and Skylar back there behind the scenes. He never gets recognized, but I appreciate Skylar him. doesn't. See, I know, yeah. right? But he does notice your hair. Oh, I know. Because Skylar. Every single time. I have to get approval. But look, I just want to wish everybody <laughs> the most amazing Christmas and and just really celebrate the reason for the season by honoring God with everything you do, physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, and financially. I love that. Dr. Mark Sherwood, it's just a delight to have you on the show as always. And people can find you, correct, at Sherwood.tv forward slash Heidi. Dr. Mark, have a great Christmas and I will see you back here again really soon. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. The Lord bless you. Thank you. You too. For more information, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast or just hop on over to Sherwood.tv forward slash Heidi. We want you guys to be healthy. Healthy emotionally, healthy physically, healthy spiritually. We've had a rough couple of years, you guys, uh, but we want to be dealing some hope over here at the Heidi St. John podcast. And I'm so thankful that Dr. Mark's been coming on regularly with me. If you have a question that you would like him to answer, shoot it to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. And that is where you can leave your question for Dr. Mark. Have a great day, everybody. Keep the Christmas spirit up, okay? Don't become a Grinch too soon for that. Don't become a Grinch. Have a great day. And I'll see you back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.